Well, every blessing to you all. And uh, this will be sermon number two. And I'm going to call this James's Walking, Talking Pulpit, or something along those lines. The first sermon I did was entitled Holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. I made a mistake during that first message. I said that that scripture was from Hebrews 11, when in fact it was from Hebrews chapter 12. So my apologies if anybody got somewhat confused, but this is a new method of mine to walk and talk and record. Put my thoughts down and I will say this in case you're new to this new idea of mine, this new concept that I like to walk several times a week and when I say walk I mean like a power walk and a power walk is a cross between walking casually down the road to running and I'm able to cover just under five miles in around 70 minutes or thereabouts so it's a great blessing for me to be able to do this and at the same time try and reduce the background noise I know that from the first sermon the cars and ambulances and motorbikes and what have you are somewhat intrusive so I'll do my best to try and reduce some of the background audio but uh, for today I want to talk about the US elections and I've watched parts of the Democratic and Republican conventions on the news over the last couple of weeks and I can't stomach much uh, when it comes to the mouth of politicians men and women who are not only millionaires but for the most part have never really lived in the real world never had real jobs never really lived the sort of lives that we probably live and yet think they are qualified to lecture us to try and get us to dance to their tune but like I said, I've been watching the news over the last few weeks and I've seen snippets of both the conventions. And once again, the media have shown their true colours concerning what they don't show you. For example, I watched bits of uh, Mrs Trump's speech, which would appear to have been plagiarised. I don't quite know what happened or why that happened. It was somewhat of an embarrassment to the Republicans. But uh, Mrs. Trump was repeating some of Mrs. Obama's uh, speech from 2008, I believe. So much so that the media thought that was very funny and they took a lot of time to show us that. They would play that clip time after time. They would have a split screen, which means this. On the one side, you've got Mrs. Trump's now infamous speech and on the other side of the screen Mrs. Obama's original speech. I don't know what happened. All I can assume is that perhaps one of Mrs. Trump's uh, speech writers or advisors made a mistake. I don't know. But the point is this. The media wanted you to see that. They wanted you to see some of the uh, disunity. They wanted you to see a guy called Cruz refusing to endorse Trump. They wanted you to see some of the delegates' ferocious 
comments concerning Mrs. Clinton, and yet when the Democratic convention came around, what you weren't shown was Bill Clinton sleeping during his wife's major speech. What you weren't shown was a half-empty convention centre. And yet, what you were shown was a huge amount of what appeared anyway to be disunity and many people not happy about Trump being endorsed. Well, I was sent some articles to look at uh, over the last several days and one article that I was shown or was sent to me had some tweets from Republicans and also Democrats and the tweets from the Democrats was very interesting because some of those Democrats were saying how they would never endorse Mrs Clinton how they despised Mrs Clinton and how they felt completely uh, deceived into having to embrace her. Now, I will say this, that I am non-partisan, so over the next 30 minutes I'm going to try and be as impartial as I can and look at both uh, political systems because what is happening in America happened in the UK many years ago. You see, the media in the West are very biased. The media in the West are very pro-liberal, ungodly politicians. For example, I've seen many interviews over the years from conservative, quote-unquote, Christian people, and I've watched the media grill such candidates, almost ridicule such candidates about their faith, which they are entitled to hold to, I might say, and yet I've never seen a liberal politician being interrogated by somebody in the media. For example, we have been told by no less than Bill Clinton himself that when he was in the White House with his wife, she would be conducting clairvoyances. She would be calling on the dead. She would be communicating with dead people. I mean, people like Mrs. Roosevelt and other VIPs. And he thought that was pretty acceptable. And yet, you can't imagine somebody from ABC or the BBC or Sky News or CNN sitting down with Mrs. Clinton and asking her to confirm if such a statement is true. On top of that, we have heard statements from Bill Clinton over the years how his wife has had more women than he has. And yet you won't hear such a question put to Mrs. Clinton to confirm such a claim. And yet, like I say, I've seen conservatives quizzed, ridiculed, and pretty much made to look like a moron for holding to their particular beliefs. But as somebody who has had an interest in politics for over 20 years, I feel somewhat qualified to discuss this theme and this pretty murky subject today. During the Democratic Convention, Mr. Obama arrived and he said, many things but the one thing he said which i thought was somewhat of a joke was how hillary was a far greater candidate to be the u.s president than himself or even her husband and i thought what a joke i mean if she's such a great candidate if she's such a wonderful woman why not resign now and allow her to take over but of course you know this is a charade this is show business
if that were you aware during the 2008 campaign the democrats and republicans combined were able to raise over two billion dollars to buy airtime to get their message across that's right two billion dollars and yet that kind of money would probably feed a third world country for maybe a year and i say that because these politicians especially those from the democratic liberal wing would have you believe that they are interested in such people that they want to represent such people and yet the truth of the matter is is that such politicians have never been poor have never really known what it's like to struggle live in mansions drive around in big swanky cars and yet they want to deceive gullible less informed people that they really care for them and how they're going to make it a better world for them it's a joke but the truth of the matter is this that the media work hand in hand with liberal politicians and i'm going to say this i believe that politics works hand in hand not only with organized religion but also with organized crime that's right i believe that politicians work hand in hand with those from organized crime and from those from organized religion when bill clinton was governor of arkansas he ran it like a dictator and he was able to have the police working for him he was able to take cuts from drug shipments coming in and if that wasn't bad enough he was also sleeping with over 20 women and some of those women uh, would claim rape and some of those women tried to have him arrested and his wife this so-called great feminist this so-called defender of women's rights threatened to have his victims alleged i should say arrested and if that wasn't bad enough she threatened to take their children away from them you see as far as she is concerned the clinton brand must survive no matter what and that's why bill and hillary are both as bad as each other in fact they are so conniving we are told that back in the 1980s to try and soften her somewhat militant lesbian image they decided to have a child because bill thought if she had a child she could reach out to other women and be more appealing and mark my words over the next few weeks and months you're going to see a lot more of the softening of mrs clinton's image but during his days as the governor of arkansas he was untouchable not only were drugs being flown in and out of his state not only was he taking kickbacks not only was he sleeping with many women not only was his wife covering it up and threatening to have those women silenced and lose their children but we are also told that there were several suspicious murders that took place on his watch well he was able to survive that whole ugly incident and some years later he found himself running for the president of america and at that time i wasn't saved and i can remember watching him on the news playing a saxophone and i thought to myself he's pretty cool he's pretty charismatic 
he's going to go places in fact he's going to win and he's going to win big and the problem of course for his opponents at that time George H Bush who yes I know is a skull and bones man along with his son George W was that Bill was a young guy he was a fresh faced character like uh, John F Kennedy was back in the 1960s who beat Richard Nixon and yeah, I should say this that Bill Clinton is also a Freemason I'm afraid they're all the same these politicians left or right it makes no difference they are all part of secret societies and the media know this because the media are probably part of the same movements the same groups as well like Bohemian Grove the Illuminati the Jesuits the Bilderbergers all these groups consist of very wealthy men for the most part white for the most part and if that wasn't bad enough you've got many religious people like Jesse Jackson who's also part of that secret society movement being a Freemason and I'll come back to him shortly but I watched as much as I could from the Democratic Convention and also the Republican Convention and listen don't get me wrong the Republican uh, candidate a man called Donald Trump isn't a saved man he went to a Catholic University he's probably a Freemason himself and yet he appears from what I can see to be a breath of fresh air to many Americans so it isn't impossible for him to win but I think it's somewhat unlikely due to the fact that the Clintons have got the media on their side and they got Hollywood on their side as well so Bill survived his time as governor of Arkansas and his wife his uh, partner in crime also survived during their time in Arkansas and yes I know that Bill Clinton came from poverty I know that like Richard Nixon and yet haven't they made up for it multi-millionaires like Tony Blair they've written biographies they've made a lot of money and yet during or when he wrote his autobiography Bill Clinton when it came to Monica Lewinsky and I come to her shortly he gave her just one line that's right just one line and yet I can remember that event very clearly I can remember Mr Clinton going in front of the cameras every night and lying and telling you that he hadn't sinned he hadn't done this or that that it was all a right-wing conspiracy remember that one and yet what wasn't so known around that time was that Miss Lewinsky was not much older than Chelsea Clinton Bill and Hillary's daughter and after many weeks and months of lying and deceiving his cabinet and country he eventually was forced to come clean now let me say this to you had he been a conservative had he been a Brit he would have been forced out of office but because he is an American because he is a liberal because he is very popular with the press he was able to ride it out whereas Richard Nixon during the Watergate affair was forced to resign remember that they impeached him and yes I know that Bill Clinton was semi impeached but that wasn't concerning the Lewinsky affair that was concerning the financial affairs and during that investigation there was a man called Ken Starr who was called in to investigate 
the Clintons. And when it became apparent that the Democrats were using these same banks as the Republicans were, they had to shut it down. Well, Bill survived his first term in office and surprise, surprise, he was re-elected. And I thought to myself, this is incredible because what has just happened is you've, you've had a president, a CEO, an executive stand up in full view of his country, speaking to the media and vicariously the world, lie through his teeth and get away with it. And that sent a message out to many young Americans and young Brits and those from other Western countries that it's okay to be in a top job, to lie through your teeth and get away with it. Well, like I say, he was able to get re-elected. He did a second term and during his later years in office, not only was he interfering with a lady called Monica Lewinsky, who, like I say, wasn't much older than his daughter, but he was also seeing other women. And yes, his wife knew all about it. But when the Lewinsky affair broke, they couldn't hush it up. And we are told from press reports at the time that on one occasion, Jesse Jackson, this great uh, liberal civil rights activist, went to the White House to counsel and console Hillary and Chelsea and was able to get them on their knees along with Bill and start praying with them. And yet, not long after that, Chelsea Clinton shot out of the White House in tears. To be fair, she was only a young child at the time, in her teens, it was probably too much for her. And yet what we later learned was how Mr. Jackson was also sleeping around and on top of that had a love child with one of his mistresses. And you think to yourself, what a joke. A so-called man of cloth, a so-called man from the church, and yet he's just as bad as those in politics. They're all as bad as each other. Well, Bill was able to ride it out. And like I say, he got re-elected, whereas most of the politicians wouldn't have been so fortunate to have been given a second chance. And during his later years in the White House, we had the whole Waco incident. And I remember working with a lady in the UK who'd been in America around that time, who had managed to escape. And it was interesting listening to her account as to how life was under David Koresh, a cult leader. Well, not only was Koresh killed, but so too were many of his uh, disciples and their children. But again, Bill survived it because he is pretty much untouchable. Well, during the latter years of the Clintons' time at the White House, they had this great idea to steal some very nice paintings which had been donated to the White House. And they took these paintings and shipped them off to their new mansion in New York, where Hillary would become senator and then go on to become the Secretary of State. And I'll come back to that role shortly. And the White House, to their credit, demanded that the Clintons return those nice paintings. Now, if you and I were to steal something from a government building, we would be arrested interrogated and properly prosecuted. They weren't, and yet, as I say, to the credit of the White House, they forced the Clintons to return those paintings. We thought maybe that was the end of the Clintons, and yes, Hillary would go to New York and become a liberal senator, and Bill would continue to 
live the life he's always lived, chasing women and pretty much being above the law. And yes, Republicans are the same. We know about George Bush Sr. and uh, other well-known Republicans. It's all pretty much the same. But what was a surprise was how Hillary was offered the job as Secretary of State in Obama's cabinet. And during her time as Secretary of State, she saw an increase of drone strikes, which she was in favor of. And those drone strikes would bomb people in Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Pakistan, and also Libya. And many people were killed, I mean thousands. Not all terrorists, many women and children. And yet, to listen to those that support Mrs. Clinton, you would think that something drastically has changed because most of her support base are pacifist, agnostic, hard left. And yet she was very much a hawk during that whole time as Secretary of State in Obama's cabinet. And on top of that, she also was part of the incident which saw Bin Laden shot dead. And uh, we've all seen pictures on the news of the special forces going in, killing his bodyguards. And yet we are told, are we not, that when they found him, he wasn't armed. And yet they shot him dead nevertheless. And you might be saying to yourself, well, wasn't he a terrorist, James? Well, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Who knows? Don't believe everything the media tell you. But let's say he was a terrorist. Why not arrest him? Why not put him on trial? Ask yourself this, who benefits the most from putting him to death? Do you remember a guy from 1995 called uh, McVeigh, who was part of the Oklahoma bombing? That was a strange event, Timothy McVeigh. And he was very quickly detained and put on trial and put to death. I mean, really quickly. And yet there are hundreds of men and women in America who have been found guilty of uh, crimes which warrant the death penalty, who are still awaiting the death penalty. And they've been there, they've been held on death row, as they call it, for 10, 15, and in some cases, 20 years. Now, what do you make of that? How can it be possible to detain those people for many years, and yet Mr. McVeigh was fast-tracked and subsequently lost his life? Well, I wonder if McVeigh and Bin Laden knew too much. I don't know, but I don't want to get off track too much. I want to try and stay focused, if I may, on this whole sickening subject of politics. And as Christians, we are told to be aware of such things. We are told to have our ears open and our eyes peeled. And if we can, we should discuss the shady world of politics. But it would now appear that Mrs. Clinton is quite possibly going to win the election come November. Somewhat of a depressing thought. And yet, from the moment we discovered her, right up until the current, she's been controversial, she's been inconsistent, and she has seemed to get away with murder. Well, for me, that's a big problem, because as somebody who is saved, as somebody who cares about right and wrong, I am somewhat appalled to see her star once again reappear and appear to be on the cusp of becoming the next American president. I'm not saying Trump is some wonderful guy. I'm not saying that at all. 
he's controversial and yes we know he lives on the 66th floor of his uh, multi-million dollar suite but to be fair to Trump and I will say this he's not a politician he's not media savvy he doesn't have friends in the media unlike the Democrats and go back to what I said a few moments ago when was the last time you saw a liberal reporter sit down with somebody like Hillary and ask her do you really communicate with the dead how about never and yet I've watched those liberal journalists sit down with people like Mitt Romney and yes we know he's part of a false religion and almost laugh in his face concerning his Mormon beliefs and yes we saw a man called Ben Carson a Seventh-day Adventist individual who is also a part of a false religion and yet he too was ridiculed he too was made to look somewhat stupid for holding to his beliefs and yet you can't imagine somebody sitting down with Bill Clinton or Jesse Jackson and saying is it true that you are a Freemason and is it true that when you go into the lodge you have to roll your trousers up you have to have your shirt ripped open as a sign as to what will happen to you should you ever betray the lodge and of course you know they wouldn't dare ask such questions because they are probably part of the same movement themselves well the whole thing is a joke the whole thing is sickening to me and I will say this one more time that as far as I can see organized religion organized crime works hand in hand with those from the world of politics well I think I've said all I want to say for today it is somewhat tricky to do this uh, type of a recording trying to battle the elements and the traffic but I do feel strongly about this particular subject and like I said I've been monitoring politics for over 20 years and I think that we have a right to discuss this they are going to be public servants and yet the truth of the matter is they treat us like public servants they treat us like children and I resent that I resent the media treating us like children keeping us in the dark being very selective as to what they will show us going back to the uh, Democratic Convention what you weren't shown concerning Bill Clinton sleeping and also many empty seats and yet what you were shown was disunity or so we were led to believe and a so-called plagiarized speech the media I'm afraid are in bed with organized religion and organized crime and I stand by that statement and I will say this very finally that as Christians all we can do and all we should do is pray for those in authority that's all pray for them witness to them if you can and that is about all don't support them don't raise money for them and don't get too caught up in their internal affairs but one more time if you want my advice don't get too involved don't get uh, yoked up with such people try and remain separated and keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord bless you all and Maranatha okay well every blessing to you all and this will be sermon number three and Lord willing part two to my last conversation concerning politics and organized religion and organized crime and you may say to yourself why even discuss it James we all know that they are a wicked bunch of people well let me say this first of all they claim to be Christians that's right Bill Clinton claims to be a Christian 
he claims to be born again, as does George W. Bush. And therefore, I think we are justified to discuss. So look at such people and try and understand what is going on. Let me say this also, that on the one hand, this is the devil's world, and yet on the other hand, this is God's world. He gives the earth to the children of men, and we are expected to take care of it. So I think we are entitled to discuss today the subject of such individuals. And yes, we are told to be in the world, but not of the world. But like I say, these politicians, predominantly American, claim to be Christians. And yet so did Tony Blair. So did David Cameron, who brought in the same sex bill, which nobody wanted. In fact, when he brought in that ungodly uh, piece of legislation, over 600,000 people in the UK signed an online petition calling on him to ditch it, to not do it, to change his mind. And of course he didn't, he was very stubborn and that has now become part of UK law. In fact, just this week, or maybe last week, I saw a photograph of the American Vice President, Joe Biden, who is an American Catholic and he was carrying out a same-sex marriage in the White House. He was very proud of himself. And I thought to myself, I wonder if his beloved church will reprimand him for it, will call on him to repent. Of course, you know they won't. But officially, they are against same-sex marriage. Unofficially, they are into all sorts of evil and wickedness that you probably wouldn't even imagine. And yet, not only does Biden get away with carrying out a same-sex marriage for, I think, two of his staffers, a couple of guys. In fact, he joked that he would be going on their honeymoon with them. But uh, I guess that was probably just a tongue-in-cheek tongue comment. But not only will Biden get away with such a travesty, such an abomination, such an affront to our God, his church remains of the belief that they have the right to put curses, and I mean curses, on ex-Catholics that have got saved. Isn't that amazing? If you are an ex-Catholic that is born again, if you trusted Christ to save you, you love him, you love his word, according to the Church of Rome, you are accursed. You have 125 curses on you. Did you know that? And those curses were never rescinded during Vatican II, they have been retained. And yet, one more time, people like Biden, people like Blair, who converted to the Catholic system, hold to beliefs which officially Rome is against, like same-sex marriage, uh, abortion. They're not reprimanded, they're not called on to repent, and yet folks like you and I, ex-Catholics, now born again, we are accursed. But of course, those curses, all 125, will one day be put on the heads of those in Rome. But like I say, these politicians, 
whether in the UK or the US claim to be Christians and therefore I think we can take a look at such people and examine them. Well I made quite a lot of comments concerning the Democrats, concerning the Liberals in the States and to try and be as impartial as I can and as balanced as I can. I want to discuss if I made the so-called conservative Republicans and I told you last time how Mrs Clinton would contact dead people, VIPs, dignitaries, former first ladies and who knows what else and yet before she arrived at the White House you had the Reagans there and uh, during their two terms at the White House Mrs Reagan was very much into the occult she was very much into astrology and consulting the cards and the charts and trying to work out the difference between good days and bad days and on many occasions she would sit down with her husband every morning and after consulting the planets and her astrologers she would say to Ronald today darling is a dark day and therefore you cannot meet Mr Gorbachev or Mr Mitron or Mr Thatcher and to stay in the Oval Office because it is a dark day and that went on for several years so much so that it caused major problems with uh, Reagan's chief of staff who was at that time called Donald Reagan not related and in reality Mrs Reagan was running the White House especially after Ronald got shot but if you go back to the 1960s Ronald Reagan became the governor of California a very liberal state and he was the first governor to be sworn in after midnight that's right most uh, politicians whether British or American unless it's during times of emergency are sworn in during daytime hours office hours if you will and yet Ronald Reagan on the advice and counsel of Nancy Reagan was sworn in after midnight pitch black and I wonder who at the time thought that such an event was somewhat bizarre maybe nobody did I don't know but that's unusual and unfortunately Mrs Reagan remained very much into the occult until her death quite recently and unfortunately her husband was also a part of such an abominable movement but the truth of the matter is this that British and American and also Canadian politics have all pretty much surrendered to secularism to humanism and yet they continue to offer themselves as pseudo-Christians of course we as Bible believers know that they're not Christians they are liars they are hypocrites they are workers of iniquity but as I look at US and UK politics over the last several years I see that both sides of the Atlantic have much in common for example David Cameron a so-called Christian was responsible for the same-sex marriage bill Tony Blair this great Christian who later converted to the Catholic Church 
was responsible for uh, civil marriages. And yet, his church, Mr. Blair's that is, would have you believe that they are against same-sex marriage and abortion, and yet their favourite son, their star convertee, over the last 10 years or so, is very much a part or holds to beliefs that they don't officially hold to. His wife is also just as bad as he is. But let's go back to the US, if we may, and further discuss this murky world of politics. And if all that wasn't bad enough concerning the Clintons, uh, time in office, all of the cover-ups, in fact, when they left the White House, according to press reports at the time, George W. Bush, the so-called born-again president, slash Skull and Bones member, had all the carpets in the Oval Office removed. He wanted to have a prayer service. He wanted to cleanse America's highest office because Bill had desecrated it. And here we are, several years on, and the Clintons are back on the scene, and it would appear that they're going to win. Mrs. Clinton, that is, of course. And yet I'm hearing reports of many Democrats, members of the party, who are infuriated that she was nominated after her candidate, a guy called Saunders or Sanders, was discredited. And they are threatening to resign membership of the Democratic Party and vote for Donald J, uh, Donald J. Trump. We will see if that happens or not. But what is of equal concern to me, on top of all that, is the VP candidates that both parties have chosen. Mrs. Clinton has chosen a lay Catholic individual who was a Jesuit missionary. And the Jesuits, if you don't know, are a very dangerous group of gangsters, terrorists. In fact, ask yourself this, when was the last time you saw an in-depth documentary on television about Islam? How about never? Well, when was the last time you saw an in-depth program about the Jesuits on television? How about never? And yet they are very powerful. I mean, all about the Masons and the Illuminati and Bohemian Grove and the Club of Rome, but we don't know much about the Jesuits, do we? And yet those men are very powerful. They are very much in control of this fallen world that we live in. So much so that Patrick has written three articles on the Jesuits, known as the Society of Jesus, a blasphemous term. Part one came out in our July newsletter. Part two, Lord willing, will come out in August's newsletter. And part three will come out, Lord willing, in September's newsletter. But keep this in mind, if you will, that if Mrs. Clinton falls ill or if she's forced to resign, her VP, a chap called Kane, is going to replace her by automatic default. When JFK was shot dead in Dallas, a guy called Johnson replaced him almost straight away. When Nixon resigned back in the 70s, a guy called Ford replaced him straight away. And therefore, if she is uh, forced out of office or if her health fails her, she doesn't look to be in particularly good health at the moment, then this guy, Kane, 
is going to a placer. And yes, again, we know that Biden is a Catholic, and yet he's a secular Catholic, like Kennedy was, whereas Kane is a religious Catholic, uh, a trained Jesuit missionary. And as far as I can recall, he will be the first Jesuit VP. Not a priest, but a member of the laity. So we are very much living in unusual and unprecedented times. Well, on top of that, Trump's uh, choice for VP is a guy called Pence, an evangelical Catholic, quote-unquote, with questionable credentials and beliefs. And again, if Trump would win, if he gets elected in November, and who knows, maybe that is still a possibility, I don't know. Some of these Democrats that are disillusioned and disgruntled with Mrs. Clinton are threatening to vote for Trump. So if he wins, if he gets in, then his VP, this evangelical Catholic, will be calling the shots. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens then. And yet, when we look back in the 1960s, and I, as a student of history, am very much interested in the 20th century, when Jack Kennedy became the American president, he was able to convince the Americans that he was an American first and a, and a, a Catholic second. And that seems to be pretty much the case. He didn't really uh, open up relations with the Vatican, and yet Ronald Reagan, another so-called conservative Christian, did. And Mr. Reagan did it on the advice of Billy Graham, an apostate church leader. And this goes back to what I've been saying over the last couple of sermons now, that the church is very much in bed with politicians who I believe are also in bed with organised crime. It's bad enough that Graham, a so-called Baptist, would endorse such people who'd be part of their inner circle. On top of that, you've got Rome corner shots. They've got two uh, potential VIPs waiting in the wings and also the Protestants are not uh, a million miles off as well. People like Rick Warren and Steve Chalk and the late Robert Schuller. It comes down to this, that these so-called church people are either in secret societies themselves, which would make them Freemasons, or they are a millennial, meaning they want to make us a better world, without the king, of course, to make it possible, or they are just rank heretics. Well, I think all three, actually, would fit such people. And this is the problem, because once you get involved with such politicians, you not only lose your testimony, if you ever had one, but you go on to cheapen the grace of God. You completely annihilate the gospel. And from this moment on, you'll be very much a part of this temporary world, which, of course, as you know, is gearing up for the Antichrist. And I don't think it can be much longer now. And yet I'm hearing a lot of stuff online about uh, Mrs. Clinton being quite a hawk, wanting to use nuclear weapons, as has Trump been reported to have said. And yet these same people are saying that something serious is going to happen, World War Three. Well, maybe, and yet maybe not. I can remember when Bill Clinton was in office back in the 1990s, and 
there was much talk then about the Y2K bug and how Clinton would have to suspend the Constitution. You remember that? It didn't happen, of course. That whole event came and went. So I'm not overly sure it's quite as serious as some people think. I'm not sure on the cusp of Armageddon. And yet, it is somewhat alarming to see the return of the Clintons. But, to be fair, I want to try and broaden it as much as I can and look at the Republicans, because we were told during the uh, Bush presidency, both terms, how he was born again, along with his wife. And I can remember many newsreels of the Bushes praying outside of the White House, and also during the whole 9-11 incident. And I thought to myself, it's amazing that nobody was forced to resign. Nobody was fired during that awful day on September the 11th, 2001. Nearly 3,000 people lost their lives, and yet nobody was forced to resign. Nobody was demoted. Nobody was held up or punished for such an oversight. Incredible. And the same happened here in 2005 when the 7-7 event happened concerning the death of over 50 people in London. Nobody in the Blair government, from my memory anyway, resigned or was fired. They survived it and a couple of years later, from memory, Blair was re-elected, as was Bush for his second term. And I thought that perhaps the UK wouldn't re-elect Blair, but they did. And I thought that the US perhaps wouldn't re-elect Bush, and they did. And they go back to Clinton lying through his teeth and pretty much being able to get away with it. But this is what happens, you see, when wickedness is allowed to excel. But let's look at the bushes for a few moments, if we will, because I think it's only right that we don't overly analyze one group over another. And like I say, I can still recall uh, Bush in office, and I can see them praying on many occasions, and yet, when Bush left the White House, his wife wrote an, uh, an autobiography, and I've read extracts of it, and according to her autobiography, she is an atheist, has been since she was a teenager, because according to her somewhat candid accounts of her teenage years, she was somewhat of a drinker, as was George Bush, and on one occasion she tragically killed somebody when she was driving down the road. And that shook her up so much that she became an atheist. She lost her faith, if she ever had one. And like Chelsea Clinton, who also lost her faith, if she ever had one, concerning the uh, comments made by conservative Bible believers that abortion is wrong, which of course it is, Chelsea was appalled that women couldn't cure their own babies, and therefore she, at the age of eight, became an atheist. Well, maybe ten years later, Laura Bush became an atheist as well, but for different reasons, of course. So, you have this whole charade of the President and the First Lady, devout Christians, very much in prayer, and yet the truth of the matter is, Mrs Bush is an atheist. Well, why not just come out and say so? Why pretend to be what you're not? It's like the Clintons, they both claim to be Christians, and yet nothing could be further from the truth. 
But ask yourself this, why don't they just come out and say so? I mean, like I said last time, why doesn't Mrs. Clinton come out and tell us what she is really all about? Why not allow Bill Clinton to come out and tell us what he's really all about? Why pretend to be what you're not? Well, I guess it's somewhat convenient to pretend to be religious. And of course, America is still very religious, whereas Britain is very secular. I won't say agnostic because Britain is very superstitious. Britain is very much into the occult and witchcraft. That's very much on the return now. But as far as I'm concerned, Almighty God is very much in control. He is sovereign. And I was reading Daniel this morning and it tells us very clearly from chapter 2 how he raises up and he brings down those that he chooses to, how he will change times and seasons. Christ would tell Pilate that he had no power to even give him a bad look if it hadn't been granted to him from heaven. So we can rejoice as saved sinners that although temporarily it looks somewhat depressing, somewhat bleak. Eventually, as one good brother and a friend of the ministry would say, all will come good. That's right, all will come good. For now, it's their time. And on top of that, you had the Republicans allowing the co-founder of PayPal to get up and give a very proud speech about how he was proud to be gay and American and a Republican, which just five years ago, 10 years ago, would have been unprecedented. And the Republicans jumped to their feet and gave him a standing ovation. Quite remarkable. But you see, this is the truth of the matter, that Trump needs all of the votes he can get, like Hillary. When you go down this path, you need to, if you can, reach out to everybody. You can't pick and choose those that you want to support you. And this is why when you hear politicians saying, let's make it a better world, let's try and fix this wrong or that wrong, let's all come together, let's do this and let's do that, you know that such people are liars, deceivers. In fact, it goes back to the Blair years when we had Tony Blair in office, this very charismatic uh, Christian with a lower KC of course and yet at the time his wife was very friendly with a lady called Carol Chaplin or Kaplan I think from memory and Miss Kaplan was into the occult in a big way and uh, on one occasion the Blairs and Miss Kaplan and uh, some other well-known people whose names escape me went to Egypt during one uh, December, I guess, for the Christmas slash New Year events, and they went into the pyramids to worship Ra, the sun god. And that did make the news at the time, not on a mass scale, but it did make the news. And I thought, how interesting. Here we have the Prime Minister, an Anglican, as he was at the time, with his wife, a Catholic, messing around in the occult. And yet nobody from the Catholic Church came out and called him to repent. And yet again, allow me to say this, that if you're born again, you've got over 125 curses on you. That's right. As far as Rome is concerned, when you die, you go to hell forever. And yet Jews can make it to heaven, according to the Catholic Church. 
Muslims can make it to heaven, according to the Catholic Church. Atheists and Freemasons can make it to heaven due to the Catholic Church or based on their beliefs, and yet those of us which are saved are damned. It's a joke to blasphemy. In truth and reality, they are fearful of us because we have the truth, we know the truth, and we can reach people with the gospel, whereas those other groups of people I just mentioned to you have no truth, are very much in darkness. But the Blairs were able to cruise through their time in uh, Downing Street. Nothing came of their occult uh, shenanigans. And as of uh, checking recently, the Blairs are still Catholic, still pushing doctrines and beliefs which are abhorrent to our great God. And yet his church doesn't seem to care. And I don't believe for one moment he's ever been challenged to repent. The whole thing is a farce. But, as I say, to be fair, to be consistent, whether left or right, conservative or Republican, Labour or conservative, they're all the same. Left, right, right, left, they're all the same. And in the middle, you've got the apostate churches trying to get up there with the big boys, trying to have the power, trying to uh, be a part of something quite special. And this is why you were told so clearly to not be yoked with such wickedness. And yet, let me say this. I have watched a lot of material over the last 14 years concerning politicians in the US and the UK. And some it is very disturbing. Some it's uh, difficult to prove. And yet, what I rarely ever hear are Christians who make such material calling on those of us which are saved to pray for those in authority. I mean, really pray. And ask yourself this, if you are an American, when was the last time you prayed on your knees for Mr. Obama? When was the last time you fasted for Mrs. Clinton? When was the last time you interceded for Prime Minister May or Chancellor Merkel? When was the last time you prayed and fasted and interceded for your king or your queen? When was the last time you fell on your face and begged God to save them, to give them wisdom? Like I said a few moments ago, I was reading Daniel this morning and during that great book, there's an account where Daniel is praying to the Lord on behalf of his people, which were wicked, were vile, had apostatized, and he is praying, he is asking the Lord to pardon their iniquities and he includes himself in with them. Of course, Daniel was a righteous Jew, a good Jew, a godly man, and yet he is praying on behalf of his wicked nation. That's a good picture, surely, for you and I to pray for our own leaders, whether royalty or politicians or what have you, because again, they are there due to the Lord's goodwill. They can't do anything without his permission. And yet saying that, please allow me to say this, that doesn't mean that we are somehow let off the hook that somehow we can be indifferent. We are expected to see what is going on, to keep our eyes open and our ears, and to warn others about such wickedness, which again is found in the latter part of Daniel. Because many people are getting caught up in the world of politics. They are getting too involved with such people. They are raising money for such people. You can't do that, my friends. If you are born again, you cannot spend your time raising money for 
Democrats or Republicans or the Conservative Party in the UK or the Labour Party in the UK. This isn't our world. So I will start to wrap this message up. I've almost come to the end of my five mile walk or thereabouts. And I will say this way finally that yes, it is somewhat depressing to discuss this and yet we should discuss it. We should be able to examine it, try and uh, look at what's going on in this crazy world of ours because although in the short term it would appear that the devil has his people in the right uh, places waiting to take over and usher in the Antichrist, behind that is Almighty God waiting to send his son to rapture us, to take us home to glory. And that's good news, surely. So I'm going to sign out now, wish you every blessing and uh, hopefully if you appreciate this type of concept let me know and I will endeavour to do some more. I'm still trying to work out how best to eliminate the noise from the traffic and what have you but as long as you can hear what I'm saying and understand what I'm saying that is what ultimately matters. So that's all, the Lord bless you all, keep praying for those in authority, one others about their uh, wickedness and what they are a part of and then separate from them, get into the word of God, rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice.